going on, guys? Welcome back to the Whitetail Bloodline Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Sauters, and I got another good one for you. This is episode 94, and I got Ryan and Michael. What's up, brothers? How's it going, man? It's going good, man. Been excited to, to do this one. I talk with you guys just about as much as anybody now that, that out of like the hunting community, you know, so I've been uh, looking forward to this one. We're always chatting. We're going to actually get out together this year and sounds like november so excited to record it yeah absolutely it's been kind of weird how like all of us have just met and how like quick everything's happened it's been crazy it is man it's like-minded people man and yeah we just we just hit it off start clicking start talking and uh that's the coolest thing about the outdoor industry man that's like one of the main reasons i started the white tail bloodline started the podcast just so i could meet more people because i was hunting solo a lot and it gets it don't get me wrong it's fun but it's a lot more fun if you get that camaraderie feel oh yeah absolutely right right yeah so boys uh let's just start off with uh whichever one of you guys wants to go first we'll start off with the background like who you are where you're from how'd you get into hunting all that jazz go ahead michael well i uh i started i started young i uh killed my first deer when i was seven with a bow um, my dad took me out crossbow. Um, so I grew up, but I grew up hunting squirrels, chipmunks, you know, as, as long as I can remember I was hunting something, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I really took the deer hunting though around 15, 16. I just, everything else was, you know, still fun. I still did it, but deer hunting just became like that passion that, you know, I'd look forward to every single year. And my grandpa was real big into it, so I hunted with him a lot. He actually raised deer for uh, eight or nine years, so I spent a lot of time, you know, around deer, bottle feeding fawns and stuff. When when he raised them, he'd he'd raise some giants too. So, what, cool. what kind of raising was he doing? Like antlers or scents? Yeah, I mean, just antlers. Yeah, he just liked deer, so he he built a fence in his backyard, and I think he was up to. 20 i think he had 20 deer probably uh three or four uh different bucks that he grew um and then eventually when he got done he sold them but um yeah yeah he didn't really he didn't he didn't collect anything from them he just liked having them in his backyard and watch them i've thought about the same thing but once you get like a game farm whatever they call it the old government can come on your property whenever you want i ain't having right yeah but yeah, that's yeah. always been a dream of mine. Hopefully, when I'm in like my 40s or 50s, I'll have enough land where I have like 20 acres of some some white tails. Just it'll just be cool, man. I'm sure you learned quite a bit too. Just oh yeah, being around it's crazy them, you know? how they change. I mean, all year they would come up, all the bucks, all the does, they'd come up, eat out of your hand. But when the rut kicked on, like he would have to go in with uh, like a shield because the bucks would charge him during really. The yeah, they like it completely flipped a switch. That's crazy. Like, yeah, huh. he went in there any other time of the year besides November. They'd come up to him. You could pet him, eat right out of your hand. But as soon as November came around, it was like his game on. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, they wow. were tearing each other up, and he'd have to separate all the bucks, or they would yep. kill each other. Yep, we had that problem. We raised rams, like you know, like Corsicans, uh, black wines, dolls, and stuff, or whatever they call them. And we had to do the same thing. Once they got that little testosterone in them, they would, like, beat each other silly. Yeah, it's crazy how, like, mindless they get. Like, they think of nothing else. They're just on that mission. But, yeah, yeah, he raised all kinds. He had buffalo. He raised bison. He had two or three bison. 
He had an elk one time. <laughs> we have a down in Amish country, which is 45 minutes from us. We have a big exotic auction that happens once every year. So he would go down and just <laughs> whatever was cheap. We got Buffalo pretty cheap, but um, so yeah, it was cool being around that stuff. I did learn a lot just watching how the whitetail, you know, how they act, how they communicate with each other and, yeah, it was it was real fun. I always enjoyed going out and seeing all of them. So yeah. and then, and for for people listening, you guys are some Ohio boys, some of them Buckeye boys. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure. a Giants fan. I I I've been in Ohio a couple times, but I never chased chased whitetails, and that's like one of the I'd say definitely top five destination states. Wouldn't you guys? Yeah, it's definitely big. Yeah, there's a lot guys. of because it's yeah, so cheap it's to get started, especially in November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of public land. There's a lot of farmland. You know, you get out in the middle of nowhere. There's a lot of, you know, leasing opportunity here. So a lot of opportunity for guys to, you know, get in somewhere cheap or get on public land and try to get away from people. But, I mean, I think around 200 bucks you can get started with a yeah. tag and your license. I mean, that's that's pretty cheap. I think that's what draws most yeah. people plus the yeah. big deer. You guys just like Ohio's. I feel like kind of known for having wild genetics. Like I did a podcast uh, with that kid who shot. I want to say it might be Ohio record or something like that. But he shot that two hundred and something. I can't remember how big it was. But just like the bucks you guys grow are like some wild, just funky bucks a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they get. Uh, I always have one or two deer. I've had one deer on a property that had you know double drop tines like 12 inches on both sides wow. i only seen him like three or four times but he was he was huge and every year we have soybeans it seems like the bucks just congregate i'd prefer to hunt corn but the soybeans mm-hmm. just draw bucks yeah forever so we'll get more into that michael ryan let's get a little background on you brother uh so growing up we actually lived <laughs> From the age I was two years old to 12 years old, I lived in the city in Boston in uh, Mass. And uh, so we'd every year go up to Vermont and for like two days straight every year, we'd go up and go squirrel hunting, things like that. And so um, all I knew was a city at one point, um, originally from Florida is where I was born. But uh, that was like our getaway. That's really where it kind of took off of just the outdoors. We'd go up and go fishing. We'd go canoeing up and down the Connecticut River and camping out, things like that. And um, then when I was 12 years old, we moved back to Florida. And we moved into a property, um, about an acre property on a dirt road in Keystone Heights. And it was just a small, I mean, like, I say small, like 3,000 people lived in that town. Yeah. Um, and right across from us was twelve about 1,200 acres of public land. And that was like where everything really kicked off because I moved from the city, loved going squirrel hunting, loved going out to the country, you know, once a year, twice a year, whatever. Then we moved back and it was like right across the street and I could go over there every day. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of, we did a little bit of everything. I'd say uh, for me, my first deer I killed um, was when I was, 14, 15 years old, um, somewhere right in there. It was the first deer ever ever killed, um, and it was a doe. But uh, I I had probably for about two years, so maybe 15 years, I think it was like 15 years old, but for like 
a year and a half, two years, or at least two seasons, I like deer hunted nonstop, but didn't have anybody really to teach me deer hunting. I would read a lot of books. I would watch, <laughs> I would watch the, uh, you know, the buck video, you know, DVDs and stuff that would be put out by like mega buck and all this stuff from like real tree, mossy oak, all those, you know, shows and stuff. And so what time frame is this, right? like what year frame? Uh, that would be 2005 was when I moved back to Florida. So 2005, 2006, 2000, I believe it was 2007 when I killed that deer. Okay. My first deer. So I would just watch all those videos and would just like, you know, dream of shooting a deer. And, Mm -hmm. but for about two seasons, I literally, if I saw a deer, it was usually running the other direction. So I didn't really ever have anything that, you know, happened and I was kind of making a lot of mistakes, but just kept after it. And I was literally that boy that, and at that age where I would be out hunting on a school morning and I would really literally get back to the property and enough time to take my hunting clothes off, put my school clothes on, jump in the vehicle and go to school. Like that was me as a teenager when all the other teenagers were doing their own thing, parties and all that, I was the one out hunting and more focused on that than anything. Yeah. So my, I killed my first deer when I was, uh, let's say 15 years old. Um, and it was like the last day, literally the last day of deer season in Florida. And we were actually out going out squirrel hunting and I brought a 12 gauge with me. I, I threw a couple of slugs in my pocket. And we went out, and I, I, for some reason, was just like, you know what? I'm going to take this bird shot out. I'm going to put a slug in real quick because I might see something over here. Yep. And sure enough, these deer ran out right in front of me, and I shot one and dropped it. Hey. And that was literally my first deer. Like, my heart, I remember my heart pumping so hard. It was just <laughs> like, yeah, it was just, it was ridiculous. So, uh, my brother was there. Derek was there. That was like. That was everything for us. That was like it. We just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet you were so, you were already interested in it. But once you put that deer down and got your hands on, I'm sure you were extremely hooked after that. Yeah, I mean, I literally like everything was a blur. Of what was going on? My brother and I were like reminiscing about it, and I was so excited and wanted to go tell my dad so bad that I literally grabbed. That is probably also shows how small the doe was, but. I literally grabbed the doe by the back of the leg, gave my brother my gun, and threw this deer over my shoulder, and we ran back to the house to show my dad. (laughs) That's awesome. Like, so it probably was more like a yearling or something, but uh, not that, you know, not that big. Um, But we, it was, it was, it was fun, fun memory, and uh, we talked about that all the time. That's really how I got into it. Um, I didn't really, like, my deer hunting has been like broke up a lot because i i you know got that deer i got a couple other deer before i graduated um high school in 2010 and then when i graduated high school i went off to college i didn't hunt for three years straight it was like a part of me was missing because i was in college was in a different state didn't know any of the rules didn't feel like i had any time anyways and so for the first three years of college i didn't hunt then I hunted the last year of college and where I was at, I was down in Texas and I hunted the last year of college and ended up getting a doe and two bucks that year um, while I was in college. And so I had some nice, good food in the dormitory. You say uh, a lot better than ramen noodles, man. <laughs> oh man. I, I had a, I had a family in the church there that um, 
they would cook. I would give them a whole bunch of meat. They would cook it up. I tell them, you take part of it for you. Just give me the leftover, you know, what's left. And that's how that was kind of our deal. So I would, you know, help give them food. They would give me the food and I'd be in the dormitory eating good. Yeah, um, that's, that's what it's all about right there. You can't beat that as a college kid, yeah. especially. Sure, yeah. So so we did that. And then I moved back. I graduated, moved back to Florida and hunted a bunch of – I didn't really do a lot of deer hunting when I moved back. I was there for three years before I came to Ohio. I didn't do a really lot. I did deer hunt a little bit, but we did a lot of hog hunting. Um, we did a lot of um, we did a lot of hog hunting. Did a lot of gator hunting and things, fishing things like that. And then when I moved up to Ohio, uh, I did some deer hunting. I think I got just a few deer here and there throughout those three years. And then when I moved to Ohio, I went hunting for the first time, and that's when it really like hit me hard. Um, especially after seeing, seeing the bucks that I, I, the buck, the first buck I killed here in Ohio, yeah. um, that's when it was like, okay, this is it. This is, I, I'm, I'm here. And so that's when it really took off from there. <laughs> yeah. They don't consider yeah. Ohio Midwest, do they? Or is that like the last Midwest yeah. state? Yeah. I think it's like the last Midwest state. Okay. Yeah. I can say I would consider it a Midwest state just cause I mean, it seems like the Midwest, you guys got all the rolling hills, you got the farmland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of want to hear. I, I don't really don't think I do know the backstory on Infinite Outdoors. So I kind of want to hear about that. Like how, like you went from just doing your guys' things. You guys both were start gaining the passion more as you're getting older, getting a little bit more serious. Like when did you decide and who decided? They're like, that we, I want to do a a hunting page. You know, like how did that all come about? Um. Well, I guess Michael, I need to take this one. I was gonna um, say that's all you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you guys so, first? like how did you and well that i'll tell that along the way like through the story so so my brother in oh man mid maybe june of 2022 he he was doing a lot of fishing he was doing a lot of duck hunting and he started wanting to record his duck hunts and stuff and so they started recording them and he was like, well, I want to put them up first. He was just going to like record it and then just share it with people from his phone. And then he was like, you know what? I might just put them up on YouTube, you know, and just, you know, my own personal page. Mm-hmm. So he did that for first couple hunts and just duck hunts and things like that. And then one of his friends, Casey and his wife, uh, they were like, well, why don't you just like name it and like start your own YouTube thing? And he was like, well, yeah, I guess we can name it. You know, I'm just kind of recording and throwing it up. I'm not editing anything. I'm not, I'm just literally recording and throwing it up. Mm-hmm. So they were sit down one night and literally it was actually Casey's wife that came up with the name infinite hunt outdoors. And they were, you know, looking through names. Like he said, it was like two hours. They were looking for names and she said, what about Infant Hunt Outdoors? You know, because you guys don't want to just do duck hunting. You want to do a little bit of everything. And they were like, yeah, that sounds good. So let's just use that. So they looked it up. And no one, of course, had the name um, specifically Infinite Hunt Outdoors. There is an Infinite Outdoors. But um, so we, so they decided to use that name. So they kind of threw up. There was, I think there was like 10 videos on the page. And he, we had ended up talking, my brother and I, we didn't talk for about four or five years. We didn't literally just did not talk at all. Just two different worlds. Yeah. And he calls me up one day and was like, Hey, you know, you know, he sends me a video of a duck hunt. He's like, Hey, check this duck hunt out. 
So, you know, we'd always had a passion for hunting. So that was like one place we have our differences in a lot of ways, but it's one place that we clicked. Yeah. And so he um, sent to me and it was, that was like the July or beginning of August, like mid September. He messaged me again, was like, Hey, what do you think about, you know, you, you know, uh, the hunting page. And so I was texting with him a little bit. Um, it was mid October. I shot my buck on October 24th this last year, um, pre rut. And I shot him and I sent him some pictures and stuff. And he said, Hey, can I post those on my page? I said, yeah, that's fine or whatever. So he posted them. And then he's like, Hey, check this out. You know, your thing's got like 4,000 views. And I was like, what do you mean? So he shows me and, and I look at the page, you know, for the first time. And then he asked me, he goes, Hey, why don't you be a part of this page? And so we chatted for a little bit. There was a lot of like, uh, agreements we had to come to, um, on it and, you know, things like that. And finally I was like, yeah, you know, I'll be a part of the page. So it was like mid, it was like mid November. We really like, okay, you know, I'm going to be a part of the page. So it was like, second week of November or whatever in last year, 2022. Mm -hmm. And so then I had my big hunt. Um, I did every year for gun because I had never, um, I, last year was my first year bow hunting. Okay. And so I, I had already got all my saddle gear. I was already bow hunting, but I had a whole week of gun, but then now all of a sudden I was part of a YouTube channel. So it was just me, Jared and Casey at first. And then literally in one week, you know, we were chatting and he was like, you know, I want this to be more than just, you know, us three. I want it to be, you know, every type of hunting, every type of fishing. I want it to be infinite. So let's see, you know, figure that out. And I was like, well, I got my brother-in-law and father-in-law. They live in Texas. And why don't we like, what if we just try to set up, you know, teams and you guys be like Kansas. And if they want to be involved, they could be Texas and we could be, I could be Ohio. And, you know, hopefully could find somebody that will be a part of it. And, you know, and he was like, yeah, I love that idea. You know, that just gives it like a big area of different states, different type of land, different type of animal species, hunting, you know, types, you know, ways of hunting, all that, you know. Mm -hmm. So we were like, yeah, let's do that. So I contacted my brother-in-law, father-in-law. They were like, yeah, you know, we're in, um, you know, my father-in-law probably not is like uh, wanting or like desiring to be in, but he loved hunting and he liked recording it. So he was like, yeah, I'm in, you know, just for that reason, just to have fun. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law, he had already been thinking about recording. And so he was like, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, that sounds like a lot of fun. So let's do it. So they got in and then it was just me. We tried out one other guy uh, here in Ohio and that lasted for like two weeks. Yeah. And, and then what was it like February? Michael yeah it was somewhere in there where you February you me. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. February I was on, I'm on the, uh, the social media platform called go wild and I was on there and on there you have a button where you can push a button on there and it shows you everybody that's around your location that's within like driving distance from you really um yeah, so you can actually see like people that and they'll show you what town not what town they're in but what area they're in in mm -hmm. Ohio. So I, I had, I had hit that and I had started like friending all these people in this area and started chatting with different people like, Hey, where are you at? You know, where, where are you located? Where do you, where do you hunt public? Do you hunt public? Do you saddle hunt? You know, all these different things. And Michael was one of them I messaged 
and he messaged back and we got to chatting over the phone on just text messages through a social media thing. And finally, after, you know, chatting for a little bit, we found out how much we had in common. Like his, for instance, his wife went to school with some people that I work with. Okay. Um, we, his, one of his family members, a missionary and our church supports him. Like we literally had all this in common, which was really funny, like small world. And so we were like, Hey, he said, Hey, I'm going to uh, Ohio, um, expo, um, in Columbus. Do you want to meet up? And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's meet up. So we decided to do that. And then we ended up, I think it's right before that we ended up actually meeting for the first time to go scouting in Coshocton. And so that was like the very first time we met. It was like six o'clock in the morning. It was a little bit chilly out, not too bad. It was dark, and we're meeting for the first time. It was like, I don't know this guy. He doesn't know me, but we're about to meet. So, uh, yeah. so you know, like cold meeting, you know, cold here. So, so we met and just kind of hit it off. I had presented the idea in my mind. I was meeting him, and in my mind, I'm thinking. You know, I need someone to hunt with here in Ohio. I want to hunt. We need to. I want to have a second person here. As I presented it to him, and after conversations and stuff, he said that he wanted to be a part of it. And so that's how we met. Was literally through text messaging on social media. Like honestly, from like the outside looking in, I thought you guys had been like high school buddies for years. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. my uh, wife always says it's his his twin. (laughs) Yeah, you guys. My wife always goes, "It's his twin." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "I was like, okay." Yeah, so yeah, 2010. So what are you like? 32, 33, 30, 31, 31. Okay, Michael, how old are you? Yeah, I'm uh, 25. Okay, I'm 29. I look like I'm 22. <laughs> yeah. So in our group, Paul Paul's the older guy, and then I'm the next oldest, and then everybody else is younger. Okay. Jacob, I think Jacob's the same age as you, Michael. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's about the same age. But okay, yeah, so, so that's how we met, and that we, you know, it's kind of grown from there. Um, yeah. Since have, I've been following you guys, you guys have grown quite a bit, and just like grown from what you you're doing since I followed you. You know what I mean? In like seven, eight months, we hit a thousand subscribers on um, YouTube. It took us eight months to do that. Wow. I've had um, YouTube for so 11 years. Kinda, I don't have that many. Yeah. And then we, we started branching out slowly. Like we got on Facebook, but Facebook is like for old people. So we kind of <laughs> stopped with all that. Thanks, so. I not getting traction. Yeah, I got my Instagram where it automatically posts to Facebook, but I really don't care much as much about Facebook just because I don't get. I honestly, I was po- I was doing the same thing, and then I actually got off the Facebook side because I was not getting nothing from Facebook. Like I would post everything over there, and there was like two views on on posts. Yeah, yeah. when I went on Instagram, it was like a thousand. <laughs> it's yeah. like okay, whatever, forget it. I like Instagram, but yeah, we actually we actually started Instagram. On for our page, we started that like April twenty something was when we actually started the Instagram. Okay, so and we hit a thousand followers two weeks ago. Heck yeah, can't beat that. I think I like technically started my page twenty thirteen twenty fourteen. I was actually the Cub Creek Outdoors at first. I just I made the White Tail Bloodline what it is now. I made it back in the day just to like post my hunting content because most of my friends aren't hunters and I could tell like it that just most people didn't care about it because there's no part of hunting in their life so 
that's why I started my hunting page just to be, be able to post my stuff. If you enjoyed hunting, you could see it, and then started taking it serious yeah. in 2020. And nice. here we are. Nice. Yeah. How many followers do you have on Instagram, Gavin? I just just broke eleven thousand four hundred. Nice. Just a couple of days ago, and dude, it's just wild. Like one post will blow you up. Like I remember, I have it's it's usually the simple reels, man. I I had one reel where it's, you probably heard the sound where it's like the army guys, like or the football players or something, and it was me just doing a food plot, and then I I gained like multiple multiple hundred followers off of one reel. Wow. So that's the thing I always tell people, like, how do you do it? I'm like, dude, just post. I was like, you never know what's going to blow up. You really don't. I know. Yeah, Michael was laughing with me the other day because of the post I put up, and it like it got, like, almost, like, 3,000 views or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just – it was the dumbest thing. Like, literally, it was, like, five seconds of scanning a cutout right away for power lines in a public <laughs> land. That was all it was. Mm-hmm. and it just like went off and i was like okay <laughs> yeah like, that was the dumbest thing i've ever recorded it's, instagram algorithms are just weird because there's like little things like one big thing for reels is if somebody sits there and watches the whole video and if they watch it more than once it like up like ups your views it'll like start showing it to other people instagram's got a bunch of weird little things like that that's probably why that hog one is is taken off because people keep watching it over and over again trying to see exactly what took place. Yeah, exactly. But so, Michael, when did you start getting serious? Ryan just went through his little story and basically explained it. Like, when did you've been ate up with it since you were a kid? But when did you like? All right, white tails are my thing. You started talking about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, probably once I started hunting by myself, which was probably I started hunting with a climber around. 15 i got a bow got a compound bow um well that's harsh the, yeah well climber. first year dude yeah with a climber yeah I, <sighs> my dad's old climber that's all i hunted out of until like two years ago yeah walking dude, through the woods sounding like a rattling can just <laughs> clanking metal and letting every deer know in the county i was coming yep um, <laughs> but uh yeah, got my first bow kill by myself. It was a doe. And after that, I was like, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. This is just, this is great. And the next year, I killed a nice 10-pointer during the rut with my bow. And I'm like, I'm hooked. Like, this is this is the greatest thing ever. So I started getting real serious of, like, putting cameras out. I mean, even though my dad's hunted, you know, he, my dad hunted his whole life on the same property, so through my teen years, it wasn't more of like figuring out whitetail. It was more of just like, uh, what's the wind tomorrow and ask him where I should go. And he would already know the spot because he just knew how the deer moved because he's hunted it so long. Mm-hmm. But probably when I turned 19 is kind of when I found like THP and stuff like that or, oh, you know, yep. Dan and fault and stuff. And I got into like public hunting, public land hunting and figuring out, you know, how deer move, why deer move. And then it just became like, now I'm just more interested. I mean, I still love killing deer. Don't get me wrong. But now I just, I love even more trying to figure out how a deer moves, why he moves, why he's there. That's kind of probably the 19 or 20s when I really just got sucked into the whole phase of whitetail hunting. Not so much of just going out and trying to kill something, but trying to figure out, you know, what he's doing and why he's moving and, where you're sleeping and stuff so 
Yeah. And then 100%. There, like, hunting public land for me was definitely one of the best things I ever did for my whitetail career because it's just mm-hmm. like I feel like it speeds yeah. up your your learning curve when you're on public yeah. land. Right. Yeah. The I mean, challenge, man, is just unbelievable. It's it's for real. It get, makes you like really want it more. Oh yeah. When yeah. when it comes together, there's there's nothing like it, man. When I killed that buck last year, first year hunting public land. It was kind of a weird one for me because I didn't know how good my shot was. Like, I felt good about it, and luckily I filmed, so I was like, that had to be a double long. But mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, there's, it's just – there's nothing like it. Like, even for me managing this little – my 27-acre property, it's just a whole different right. feeling. Right. Yeah, there's one thing of having, like, your own land to hunt, but when you, like, start managing it and, you know, seeing the deer grow and see you're improving the habitat, like, that's just a whole nother level of just – being rewarded you yep. know and that sense of pride you have in that land same thing with public going on and killing a deer in public land i mean you just have more pride about that deer because anybody in the county has you know the chance to kill that deer yep I mean, exactly land, any, anybody can go try to kill that deer but you know if you're the one that, that's you know, it's pretty rewarding yeah so like how yeah, how much public compared to private are you guys hunting like for this 2023 season for me, it's probably going to be 50-50. I mean, my grandpa has 70 acres, and it's okay. butted up to probably 200 acres of ag field, uh, of, of cornfield, and then another 100 acres of just solid woods. And it's just like, it's just a little honey hole. It's got a giant swamp that meets right in the middle of, like, you got open hardwoods and it has a giant swamp, and then it, they head to the cornfield, and it's just perfect and his land goes right through the middle of it so that's where they cross and that's just where i've hunted my whole life um but since i've gotten the public but it'll probably be 50 50 especially since i met ryan now and we'll be meeting up more and hunting public more yep how about you ron i uh so uh well this year i gotta say i guess this year i'm gonna be hunting only public okay um because i i have a permission property that i can hunt on but I've only it's down in it's down in um, uh, Chillicothe area, okay. um, which there's some big bucks down there. I mean, I had some massive bucks on camera down there, but I only ever really hunted there during gun season. And this year, I'm not going to be able to hunt gun season at all. And so, um, I'm not even honestly, I'm not even going to ask the guy for permission down there this year, just because I don't. I have so many other places here and don't have time to go down. My entire month of December is gone. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm literally hunting October, November, and maybe January a little bit. Okay. Yeah, man, I'm excited to get oh, out okay. to Ohio. I'm going to, what, two weeks from now, I'm going to meet you. We're going to do a little yep. scouting. Yeah, hopefully Mike will have a rain day like he did today and he can come out. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. For I sure. just like the, my thing where I'm at, like in my whitetail career, like every year I'm going to try to hunt like in one more extra state. Cause like my whole goal, I've said this on a few of the podcasts. I don't know anybody that's done it. I've looked it up and I can't find anybody that's done it. I want to kill a whitetail in every state. Some states it's like damn near impossible to do, but that's the goal, man. I'm, I'm at three right now. So got a nice. lot to go, but nice. by the time I'm 50. So that's yeah. the goal. Yeah, last last go. year was the first last year was the first time I ever hunted out of Ohio and it was because well my in laws are from North Carolina so I hunted down there and I actually I killed two deer last year in North Carolina on public land, so that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I just like to hunt the different states and just like different areas because you just learn so much. Because like deer are similar, right. oh, don't yeah. get me wrong. Throughout all the country, throughout whatever topography, whatever ag fields they're around, they're similar, but they're also different. Like you go to Kansas on these plains white tails, they're not the same as those hills Ohio white tails, but they do have similarities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for what's, sure. That's one the, thing watching like the hunting public, like, you know, they started, but every new state they went to, they hit challenges because they had to totally change their mindset of the game, if you will, yeah. um, just because also, of where they were. So they're one of the main reasons I started hunting public and I was really surprised Same. how, how much they struggled in Indiana last year. I think it was yeah. last year they went. Yeah. Yeah. Which surprised did. me. Honestly, I thought they were going to get it done in Indiana for sure. Everything they've and one thing in Indiana, is, they've struggled with. They had that public yeah. land challenge there a few years ago, and everybody struggled. I think one guy killed a good buck yeah. out of the whole challenge. A big thing, they were like, I want to say they were like that first week of October. Or like, yeah. if you you come to Indiana the first week of November, it's it's a different ball game. Yeah. 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 But let's kind of talk about the 2023 season. Like, what's your guys' plans? What's your kind of goal? And then I kind of want to talk about your guys' gear because you guys are a lot different than I am. Go ahead, Ryan. Okay. Because your guys' um, season starts last week of September, right? Correct. Like, Saturday the 30th, I think, is the opening day or the 29th or something. But I won't even hunt till I think, the 2nd of October, which would be the Monday. Okay. Um, it would be my actual year. first day of hunting. Yeah, Indiana opens up October 1st no matter what, which is kind of nice because a lot of time it's in the middle of the week, and if you're on a buck, a lot of people can't get off, especially if you're hunting public yeah. land and stuff. Yeah, Correct. That's one thing about my schedule that I like is I have every Monday off is my day off. Um, yeah, it's a good day. So, mm-hmm. so being Monday, there's a lot, the public land is not near as packed as it is when you know, you're hunting the weekends. So yeah. that's always makes it really nice for me. Um, my goal, I get my goals this year um, have changed a little bit. I started actually bow hunting last year was my first year bow hunting. Okay. Um, and it was my first year bow hunting, first year public land and first year um, saddle hunting all in the same year. Hey, and, you had a big learning curve that year, didn't you? But you yeah. learned a oh, lot. Oh boy. I was, a. I ended up with, I ended up with three deer at the end of the year and should have I should have tagged out in Ohio. I should have had six, but I had my learning curve to go through and made my mistakes, and that's you know is what it is. So mm-hmm. um, I killed my buck the fourth, fifth hunt of the season. I killed my buck um, okay. last year. So um, anyway, so I got you know that. So being that was my first year this year. My goal last year. My goal was to kill. And kill my first bow deer and specifically i wanted to kill a buck um a bow buck and so i was able to kill a doe and a and a buck with my bow and then a gun um gun deer and so this good year season. my goal go ahead that's a that's a good season can't beat that yeah um it was a crazy that gun deer was a crazy one but <laughs> anyways watch my video on youtube and you'll see um never had to call the law on myself but that's what happens when you make a mistake so that's all i gotta say uh but my goals this year i want to get four deer total is my goal so just one up from last year i want to they're of course they're gonna have to all be public um 
my my goal buck wise is I want to kill a four a four or older buck. I want to kill a mature more mature buck than I did last year. And um, you guys are a one buck state, right? Correct. correct. Okay. That was my mistake. Um <laughs> so <laughs> So that's my goal this year is just to kill four deer total um one buck the uh a four-year-old or better on public land and so that it's very simple goal i mean a four-year-old buck on public is not is it's not rare like some people (laughs) it's it's yeah it's tough to do um but there's a lot of little four-year-old bucks running around um on public but you know anything older than that is that's where you start really pinching pennies on are they there are they not yeah for sure, um, a four-year-old's a good buck. Public, yeah. it's a good buck anywhere throughout the country, but especially oh, yeah. for public land, right? That's not that's a small feat. Yeah. Right. Well, like Michael and I, the camera we just pulled that had you know two or three bucks, whatever we want to say, on it. That's a highly pressured piece of property, and there were, those bucks were at least three years old or better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, to see that there's that many bucks in that one area. I mean, that's like one trail camera. There's that many bucks that came by that are of that age group um, is a good sign. And when other people tell you, you know, yeah, there's nothing in there under, you know, above a spike because that's really highly pressured. Well, I'm going, well, there's a couple right there that are at least three years old or better. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It is fun. they're there. You just got to find them. <laughs> there's average guys, which don't get me wrong. I, I ain't hating on the average guy. But then there's guys that are like us, put in a little more time and effort. I killed that yeah. buck in Kentucky. There's mm-hmm. this gas station right there. It's like the one gas station. So if you're like going to get drinks, there's usually the old timer sitting there and I ended up going, we were dragging my buck out and we ran out of water about uh, like half a mile, like into the drag. So I ran back and was like, yeah, I killed a buck, man. I was like, we're still trying to drag it out. They're like, well, swing back in here and show us. And I ended up swinging back in there and they're like, dang, dude, that's the biggest buck I've seen killed out of there in years. And (laughs) at the time it was the biggest buck I had on camera after pulling more card cameras after season there was a couple big ones in there but that was the only buck i targeted i I targeted him like three or four days before season started uh i actually saw him opening week on like september i can't remember what day it was i want to say it was like the third or fourth day of season jumped him up at like 30 yards and then ended up shooting that buck uh november 9th which is pretty wild for my first year hunting public you know yeah that's crazy but So that's your goals there, Ryan. Uh, Michael, what's kind of your goal for the season? Uh, my biggest goal probably is this This will be my first year of, like, filming hunts, like, um, all year. I've, I've messed around with, you know, filming hunts every once in a while, but normally just get sick and tired of carrying camera crap around all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I normally ditch it halfway through and, like, yeah, forget this. I'm I'm not I'm not posting it anyway. But this show this year, just getting a bow kill on film or any kind of kill on film would be cool. Uh, that's yep. one of my goals. And then another one would be uh, I've uh, never killed a deer on public in Ohio. Okay. I've killed them in North Carolina. So another goal would just you know doe buck. It don't it don't matter to me. Um, yeah. And hey, then, self film uh, is hard, man. I will be the oh, first yeah. to say I've been self filming yes. for I don't know how many years, over a decade, and I've only got a few kills on film in that whole decade. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. tough. I mean, you see how many p- 
people, you know, are filming and have to get their shots off off camera. Yeah. But I mean, big buck walks by. Sorry, Ryan. That's one thing that Jared and I talked about. That's one thing Jared and I talked about when we started this was like, listen, it's all it's all about having fun. So, you know, ultimately we're not in the thing to make a living or a killing off of it. I said, it's all about having fun. So, I mean, if you have to take a shot and you don't have it on film, then whatever. Don't just pass up a shot just because you don't have the camera turned around. But, yeah. of course, the camera part is a goal. Yep, and I, right. I think that's important, man, is just having goals and not having too big of goals. Because I see a lot of these younger guys or sometimes older guys that are like our age just getting into hunting a little more, just starting to film. And they just make too big of goals. Like, oh, I want to shoot a six-year-old buck that's 150 inches, and they've never even mm-hmm. killed a 120-inch buck, you know. And right. They've never exactly. self-filmed. So you gotta you got to ease into it. Like, make goals yeah. that are feasible. Like, you want to have goals that are kind of hard to reality. reach sometimes. Yeah, but you just got to, like, be in reality. I think that's yeah. important. And I, I think it's also important to change your goals throughout the years because my goals 10 years ago are nowhere near my goals this year. And every year my goals – they kind of grow just because I grow as a hunter for how much work right. I'm putting in these past couple of years. Yeah. Right. And it, yeah, I feel like goals kind of, they can sway from hunting public and hunting private land too. Like mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't shoot 110, 120 inch deer on, on uh private land. I'd let them walk and let them grow. But public land, it starts looking a little more tempting, you know, when you got a 120 inch deer walk by you. Hundred percent. Like I'll be hunting velvet bucks. That's my goal. That's one of my main goals this year is try to kill a velvet buck that first week of Kentucky season. Mm-hmm. And a good two year old walks out with beautiful velvet, I'm probably gonna send it. Like hundred percent. Because I've just talked to so many people and I know people that live there their whole life and never even shot at a velvet buck, you know? So Yeah. I take it's public land. Yeah. It's public land. Jake. I don't got five hundred acres of prime private. You right, know? right. Jake's uh, Jake's advice from the hunting public: If it gets my heart beating, I'm shooting it. Like mm-hmm. if it gets me yeah. excited when yeah, I see exactly. it. It's, <laughs> it's, yep, uh, get an arrow flung at it. Like uh, that's kind of a good little segue to go. On. Like uh, since Ryan, you're you're just getting into bow hunting and stuff, so it's it's a little different. Like last year, like uh, how are you guys are, like judging like a, a buck from the fly? Like when you see a buck walking in, does it like kind of <laughs> take you guys a while to, to get used? <laughs> you need to like judge what size it is if i'm gonna shoot it or not yeah yeah oh well my buck i shot this last year i had like a two second window to decide so i didn't really have time um i'm not good at judging size at all that's one area i struggle in but that's because i also have not seen that many bigger bucks in the woods like i've seen a few uh, I can maybe count on two hands the amount of times I saw anything over a spike in the woods. So yeah. knowing like ages and stuff like that, I struggle with that. That's one thing that I am still learning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't claim to be an expert in anything, honestly, with that. It's, I'm learning. I literally start watching the hunting public the end of 2021 season. Uh, and that's when I decided I'm hunting public land next year. Um, and, uh, or Yeah. Yeah, like, February of 2022 is when I decided I'm going to start hunting public land and start really learning all this. And that's when I – so I still got a lot of growing in that area, but um, yeah, I don't and really for, know how to judge things like that. For me, that's helped me a lot. Like, I grew up in the city most of my life. When we moved back to Indiana the second time, I lived here twice throughout my life. And uh, when we moved back the second time, my parents built a house and they got this 27 acres. 
So this past 10 years, I'm blessed with like my parents and they just let me do my own thing on the property for the most part, you know, because they knew I'm, I've always been ate up with whitetails. So these past 10 years have taught me a lot about judging. Like before then, I was decent just because I've been ate up with whitetail since I was five years old, always watching videos, blah, blah, blah. But I, it's also taught me having all these bucks and you get these bucks each year that come in just like uh, characteristics on their antlers that you can just tell it's yeah. the same buck. And it's hard to judge a man. If I didn't have like this multiple years of history with them, you, you would like a lot of people wouldn't think they're as old as they are. Like I had a buck I found dead last year in uh i think it was during gun season it might have been late season during the bow but he looked like a, a three-year-old to the average guy but i know for a fact he was at least five years old too so that's why judging comes in weird too because genetics right. are different it's like sometimes right. they're just not a big body genetic buck and then sometimes you get those like if it's a 200 inch buck he's gonna be a stud at two and three years old already you know what i mean right so, right. so judging bucks is extremely hard but it's one of those things when you see a big mature buck in the woods like you know it you know right yeah 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 i think just having history i mean even running you know even trail camps having history of deer on trail camps is big yeah. but you like just on the fly if i'm hunting an area that i have no idea you know of any kind of deer in the area if i'm hunting some public land for the first time or something um you know mainly just i'm kind of going off their belly sag how big's their belly you know, how yeah. tall are they is kind of the only two things you can really because like you said racks i mean racks can fool you all day yeah i mean you could have a really big two-year-old you could have a really small four-year-old i mean it so i'm that's kind of what i'm looking at when they're walking in sometimes it happens so fast you don't even have time to do that you take a glance at the rack and you know you got to make your decision there yeah if it gets your gets that heart pump and you better send it right that's and one right. cool thing well, about I get my heart gets pumping out of spikes, so that's <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things that came out recently is cell cameras and it changed it changed me, especially how to like judge deer. It's helped me out a lot just because you can look at photos back and forth. Like the other day on my property, there was twelve bucks that went through the property. Twelve different bucks. So they're all walking on the same tree. And you can just see the difference in their characteristics from their body size and stuff, because there was bucks from one year old to bucks that are pretty old i'll just say you know what i mean so that's uh trail cameras are probably the best tool for me personally to be able to start ju judging bucks and video mode will teach you a lot more too than a yeah yeah another thing for judging bucks too is like you know summer the summertime glass and bachelor groups when you get multiple different age classes together yeah when you'll have an older buck and you'll have two or three younger bucks and you can kind of tell how much you know how much bigger he is then those younger bucks is another good way, you know, where you can learn in the summertime for deer in your area, you know, what kind of age class you have. Yep. I think that's honestly probably one of the better ways because then you can just like see the difference in body size right. and stuff. But if they're alone, mm -hmm. it's, it's just harder to do that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot tougher. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. I think like, honestly, maybe it's because I follow a lot more like diehard people than I have in the past, but Dude, this year's just been crazy the amount of big bucks i've seen through social media i think it's going to be a record-breaking year i really do mm -hmm. yeah. yeah you have some you have some real good ones on your property yeah dude this year it's just i think it's a mixture of me kind of like because i've always had a plan like the past 10 years i've had this property like if you see the trees growing in areas it, there's a reason i let those trees grow you know and, but so yeah it's just i've always heard that i listen to a lot of management podcasts and i've had mm -hmm. some on on this podcast and it's just they 
it's, it's the CRP. That's the only thing I can think of. The CRP just produces so much, like thousands upon thousands of natural brows mm-hmm. and good cover. So I think that's the only reason. And the past, honestly, a couple of years, I, I stopped focusing on this property, especially last year. I was like 95% public last year, even on Indiana. I didn't hunt this property much at all. Wow. I didn't have cameras on it and stuff. But oh, yeah, man. Um, so... What else do you guys want to talk about, man? It's kind of a BS session. You my dogs. Yeah. Uh, I know you mentioned something about favorite uh, kill, but I don't know. Yeah, if yeah. Wait let's, to, let's, the, let's, to the end. Or... Yeah, we can do that, and then we'll maybe do a little gear talking or something, which you guys are okay. rocking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so what's your guys' favorite kill, man? doesn't have to be your biggest. Ahead, Michael. Uh, mine would probably be probably my first buck. It was, uh, like I said, I said in the beginning, I was seven. We, uh, me, my dad took me out, um, uh, when I was, it was real early in the morning. We had like a mile walk back to the set he hung and, uh, we get to the tree, you know, he's six, three, got this long reach. He's got these screw in steps (laughs) three feet apart. And I'm like, you know, hanging, I feel like I'm hanging on with two hands and like trying to pull myself up to get to the next one. I get like halfway up and he's like, if you don't get up that tree, we're going home. Like, (laughs) we're not going home. And I like barely get all the way to the top. I get up in the tree and we're sitting there and we're sitting there. Got the crossbow and uh, I look down the trail and here comes this little button buck. And he's like, you want to shoot it? I'm like, yeah, I'm shooting that thing. (laughs) And uh, it got my heart pumping. So we got everything set up and let the arrow fly, double lunged it. The thing only ran like 10 yards. Poor thing wasn't big at all, but that was, you know, and we had a mile, mile drag and that was a story, but it was, it was great. I, I loved every segment of it. I love that it was with my dad and I get to have that memory forever. Yep. So. Yep. My first year is extremely similar to that. I shot like a, this year's fallen, honestly. It was like, yep. it was, a, it was like the doe and same thing. She walked to eight yards. I shot her. She ran 25. Yep. Luckily, mm-hmm. we didn't have a mile, like a 200 yard drag. <laughs> yeah. That's a little better. But so yeah. um, that, that, that's, I love that too. Like hunting with your old man, like me and my old man, I, I couldn't tell you last time we hunted together. It's kind of my goal this year. We got a bunch of these bucks on the property. My dad being him, he wants to shoot this like, uh he's like a maybe a two-year-old one or two-year-old but he's just real crazy he's got a drop tying he's like a spike with a giant oh, wow. like drop tying club and my dad's ate up with that buck so i'm like shoot that buck he's <laughs> never gonna be big and yeah. so that's who that's that's the one my dad wants after we got that's a bunch cool. of these four-year-olds five-year-olds and <laughs> he wants that funky buck but i've never had a buck on trail camera like that either so that's awesome <laughs> yeah i hope he gets it yeah, me too. I'll hopefully get out there with my old man because I think it's been about 10 years since we've hunted together. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are those are the memories you, you never forget. Yeah, especially he's getting older, man. I'm the baby of the family. He's, he's I think he's in his 60s now. Wow. Mm. <laughs> so, Ryan, let's hear it, man. Um, well, I already told you about the first deer I killed. So, um, I'll tell you, the uh, when I first moved up here to Ohio, of course, new to the area, I honestly didn't even think about deer hunting Um, when I first came up here. I was so busy with the church and different things. And a guy in the church was like, Hey, I I was told that you like to hunt. And I was like, yeah, I love to hunt, you know? And he's like, well, you want to go deer hunting? I got a piece of property down in Chillicothe. 
and I'll take you deer hunting. It's like two acres. So that's all he owned was two acres, but it was next to like three different farms that were each one were over a hundred acres. Yep. So I was like, yeah, I'll go down there. So we, I got my stuff. I went down. I remember the night before I'm like going into my house going, okay, I think I got my, I got a 12 gauge. Um, I need to go find some slugs. I think I might have some that are still boxed up somewhere. So I'm like digging for my gun and my, and the slugs that I had. And I live in like this little townhouse apartment area right in the middle of the city. So I'm like digging for, you know, my gun trying to figure out. So I got a little $99, uh, Break barrel, it's a New England firearm, single shot, 12 gauge, and smooth barrel. And so I got it from Walmart when I was a teenager. And so I grabbed it, grabbed the slugs, and now I'm like looking for, um, for, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, my, my headphone just died. Now I'm looking for, um, you know, camo, and I had like nothing. So I had like this old ratty jacket. And uh, that was camo, but it was so faded, it almost looked like just a plain color. So I just grabbed that. I had like, you know, it was winter time. I never hunted in the winter, really. And so I'm like, you know, trying my best to, you know, figure out what I'm going to do. So finally get out there and I'm like mixed match as ridiculous as ever. <laughs> and um, we get out there, we sit down and he, we walk in and he's like, you sit down this tree. I'm going to go over here and sit down here. So I'm like, okay. So in my mind, my mind, I'm thinking if I see a deer, I'm going to be excited because I don't really expect to shoot anything. It's the one day, it's opening day of gun season here in Ohio. So one day I'm going to hunt all year, like cold turkey going out hunting tomorrow. So, so I sit down and about an hour later, he shoots out a doe and he misses it. I didn't even see the deer <laughs> and he misses it. So we stand up, we walk over back, back over, it's like two acres. So we walk back over to the cabin uh, that he has it right there that he's working on. And we talked for a minute. He's like, well, it's, you know, it's nine o'clock. Let's just go sit back down. So I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. That's all I said. Well, I'm going to walk up here and sit down. So I walked up on this little ridge line and sat down by this tree and laid the gun in my lap and legs just out in front of me at the bottom of this tree. It's like 30 something degrees outside. I'm freezing. I'm just straight up from Florida, like literally 20 days ago. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> So I'm sitting there and I'm on my phone, like just playing around. And uh, all of a sudden I hear something and I look up and that buck that the I showed you the horns before it's got the messed up side. That buck is literally mm -hmm. walks out of the woods like 20 yards from me and walks down this ravine with his nose to the ground. My guess now looking back, I think he was he was following a doe, uh, maybe a late, late, uh, late rut doe or something. Mm hmm. And he nose to the ground, goes down the ravine, and then he, and then he, and I text the guy, "Hey, you got a buck coming your way?" And he goes, "I don't see him." And I look up, and this buck is literally nose to the ground, walking straight at me down this trail. And, <laughs> and so I, you're, plug, you're sitting on the ground, right? Oh, I'm sitting on the ground, like by this tree that is probably just as wide as I am. Like it's not yeah. that big of a tree. And so I pull my gun up, I pull the hammer back. And I'm and I got I'm getting the beat on him, and the buck literally stops and looks at me, but his neck is still down. Like I can barely see the bottom of his chest. Mm -hmm. And he just looks at me and then he picks his head up like five inches. And I just pulled the trigger and hit him chest right in the chest and he dropped right there. How far was and, he in the shot? 
maybe 15 yards. Oh, right up in your lap. Oh, yeah. Dude, I dropped him, blood gushing out everywhere. I just dropped him, boom, right there. And I, like, lost it. I, like, jumped up. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> like, I was like, was there's the no way Michael that just Wild. happened. Yeah. I had been sitting there for, like, 10 minutes. He had just shot at a doe, like, 30 minutes before that. Wow. And this buck just came walking right out of the woods <laughs> and right towards me. And yeah. that was, like, literally, that was the first deer I ever killed. That's the biggest buck I ever killed to this day. And it's the first deer that I killed in Ohio. And from there, it was like, every year I'm coming hunting again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that was it. He, he's, he's a good buck, man. I, I bet his body was big looking the size of his rag. Yeah, I have a picture. I'll send him a, send you a picture. I have a picture of him somewhere. I looked like a little kid in the picture, though. I'm so – like, I got so many clothes on, I could barely move. That's serious. Like, when I started when I started gutting him, I hadn't gutted a deer in, like, four or five years. Or three about three years is the last time I field dressed a deer. And, dude, I was, like, trying to figure it out. I was like, I remember how to do this. You know, I got to cut here and cut do this. I started sweating so bad because I had so many clothes on. I started like shredding clothes right there while I'm trying to dress, feel dress this deer. Oh yeah, um, that looks like that Michelin man up there ain't gonna shoot mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you know. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, and that the way I felt bad is that guy has met to this day has never killed a buck on that property, and I killed I killed the biggest buck he's ever seen on that property. <laughs> hey, beginner's luck, we'll take it. Yeah, I was very much beginner's luck. I had the same situation with my first bow buck this year on out on public. It was just like some crazy whacked out, whacked out story. Like those stories where you go, the the situations where you go, you know, you'll never see a deer. That's when I usually see the the deer that I oh, shoot. Yeah. Yep. Is that when is someone true. says, "Oh, it's too warm," you know, don't even go out, and I'm the knucklehead out there in midday and shoot a deer at one o'clock in the afternoon with 75 degrees outside. Yep. hundred percent. So, like just about all, almost every big buck I've ever shot was unexpected. Mm-hmm. No, dude, especially during the rut, man. Like yep. you give me, if you want to hunt mornings or evenings, I'd rather hunt like, like nine o'clock till three o'clock in the afternoon all day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of my big buck sightings are the middle of the day stuff, especially during the rut. Yeah. Another funny thing is that the both both of the biggest bucks I've killed is this last year and that buck and both bucks I shot in the chest, one really? with a bow and one with a shotgun and dropped them both within that one, one buck dropped the other buck dropped ten yards from where I shot him at. Wow, hey, can't beat that. Yeah, I don't. Know. I'm not supposed to shoot him in the chest, but that's what I did. <laughs> hey, what's your most uh, memorable kill, Gavin? I'm sure uh, most memorable before. Uh, yeah, that's a hard one, man. Um, it's got to be either that Kentucky buck or that homeboy buck, my past two years bucks, just because, mm-hmm. like, that homeboy buck, I had a bunch of history with him, and, uh, yeah, that was just cool, just having all that history, shooting them on my little 27 acres, but it was also cool yeah. last year, my first year ever diving into public land, and then I shot a, a damn good buck, and it was only my third yeah. buck with a bow, too, so. Yeah, that, that's nice. That's That's impressive, for sure. Yeah, if I'm I'm three for three on bucks, man. I've I've missed good amount of does in my life. Like it took me, I don't even know, three or four shots before I hit a doe with my bow, and I end up dropping her. But yeah, I'm the same way. Every buck I've shot at, I've killed. 
Even the um, one that I thought was a doe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say, with, with a gun, I've missed some giants. Like, if I would have killed every yeah. deer I've shot at with a gun, I'd have a, a couple booners. But, yeah. I was just young and got buck fever. Yeah. yeah. I say, I think the biggest buck I've ever killed is one. He scored 140. But, yeah, my dad's killed off the prop. My dad's killed a 165. Wow. I can say, my biggest yeah. is a 144. Mm hmm. Yeah. What's the most time? What what is the most times that you've shot at a deer at one in one sit and missed? Oh, dude, I, I lived in Virginia, so you're running deer with dogs. <laughs> I you I shit you not. A good volley. In one day, I probably missed fifteen times. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's gotta be frustrating. Uh, yeah, that's honestly it was like I'm. I love like kind of my hunting career. Just like I, I've been through so much. Like I did your typical setting mm -hmm. up stands my whole life. But then we did that that running dogs, and it just teaches you so much stuff when you do different styles of hunting, and yeah, it it, yeah. it built my confidence just because you you miss so much, and then you start getting older, and you're like, you know what that feels like? Do not miss this deer. You know what I mean? Because I think it was it was like my first year doing the bloodline. Went to Virginia for the first time since we moved back. <laughs> went went and hunted with them. Big O ten point bust across the field all day one fifties. And I was using somebody else's rifle and he, he put his scope on like nine power, which I always shoot like three power, the lowest, even if I'm shooting at like 200, I usually still keep it low power. Mm -hmm. So when I pulled up the scope, I didn't even look through it yet. And it's like super zoomed in. So I was shooting 10 feet in front of this buck. And then I only, <laughs> I only had three shells and he stops at like 180, 200 yards when I'm out of shells and just sits there broadside and, looking at me for about 10 minutes like he was staring at me for so long i was looking at him through the scope i had to like look away because i was just so like dis oh, just man. pissed off at myself for missing oh, that giant man. yeah dude my buddy that's in the, he's a ranger in the military he lives in he's stationed in colorado last year he sends me this picture of this nice colorado buck like light rack uh heavy looking buck like stocky looking thing and he shot the thing at 358 yards wow I've never even tried to shoot anything that far. Yeah. I'm not even a target. Yeah. yeah. He said he didn't think he hit it. Then he went down there to find and look for it and found it. And he was like, dude, I didn't think I hit it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well. The, uh, the buck I killed last year, I missed twice before. It was our last day of gun season. He was 300 yards out and cut uh, soybean field. And i get up i'm not even i'm not even hunting my brother-in-law texts me he's sitting up on the field just glass and seeing what's coming up he texts me and i was at my grandpa's house and he's like that big buck we've been getting on cameras out here get up here he's like i got my gun because he was already tagged out and yeah he uh i get up there and he's like dude everything's set it's it's ready to go i'm like all right so I was like full sprint up there, like a 200 yard run. So I'm like breathing so heavy. I'm like, okay, just <laughs> calm down. He's right there. I'm starting shaking like a leaf. I lean up against this tree, shoot, shoot the first time at like five feet over its back. I'm like, what in the world? And the buck just stands there. Like the way <laughs> this field lays out, like I don't know what it is, but I've had like coyotes. Like if I've missed coyotes that far, they run straight to me. Mm hmm. And then I put another shell in him. I'm like, you sure this gun's good? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're good. All right, put it back on him. Boom, same thing, five feet over. And all of a sudden, this buck just takes off running straight at us. <laughs> and he yeah. stops at 100 yards. And I, he's like, that's my last shell. And I put the last one. I'm like, you think it's good at 100 yards? 
He's like, yeah, you got him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I heard this before. Yeah, right. And, uh, the last shot got him. He ran 50 yards and dropped. But no, I guess yeah. he lucky with uh, how the sound played out in that field. He Mine had no was, idea uh, what was going on. That's awesome. Mine was November 2021, so not last season, season before. And it was opening morning of gun, and I got my 12-gauge uh, that I shot that buck with. And I'm sitting there, and I've, I've got like five five shells, uh, slugs. And this, and at that point, like every year that I've hunted, my mindset is I just want deer meat, and if I get a buck, I get a buck. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So I've never really been like buck, like I got to get a buck type mentality until now. Yeah. But uh, so I'm sitting there and this doe comes out. She's at like 30 yards. And I put the put the bead on her. It's just like they had a BB at the end of the barrel. Mm-hmm. I put the bead on her and I shoot. And the deer just stands there and just looks at me. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? So I, so I slowly put another one in and she's like looking around like everywhere. And I, and I, pull, I pull back and I shoot again. And then she jumps off. And I'm like, you'll be kidding. I missed again. It was like 30 yards. I'm like, what is going on? Like, how am I missing this deer? Like, I almost could put the whole barrel on the deer. It's so close. So, so I, uh, so then she, so, so she jumps away and she turns around, she walks right back. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a third shot at this deer. <laughs> so I shoot the third time and it drops, right? Mm-hmm. And then another doe comes walking out. And so I shoot at that doe and I missed. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! How did I miss now? A uh, second deer, I missed. You know, three three times I missed in this series of shooting, and I could hear I could hear like there's farmers and stuff, and I could hear one guy whistling. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know where he's at. But I hear him whistling, like telling me to stop shooting or something. I had no idea what was going on, and I wasn't <laughs> shooting towards his property, so I don't know what he was whistling about. But, um. So I get over there and I'm like, look, and I walk by and I'm looking to see if I shot that second doe because it took off. So I'm like, yeah, I didn't shoot it. So I walk back to the doe I did shoot. It finally stops moving, right? I walk yep. over there and I'm looking at the doe's, like the head is underneath the doe's body and like folded over. So I'm looking at the doe's chest and I'm going, I don't see a bullet hole. Like where, where did I shoot this deer at? And I look and I shot the deer in the head. And I, I was like, how in the world did I hit its head? Like, <laughs> I aimed at the chest three times and somehow hit its head. Like, yeah. <laughs> what in the world is going on? I, no I got I got one wild story from you. I, I don't condone this story, but it happened, so I'm going to say it. I was probably about 15 years old in Virginia, and they have these, like, big, like, rock, like, rock plants, kind of, where they, like, I think they mine, like, rocks or whatever. I don't remember exactly what it's called. It's called Luckstone. But uh, they invited us and, like, our hunting club to do these, like, man pushes because it was a high fence. But, like, the deer could get over the fence. I think it was, like, eight-foot fence, and deer can jump that. And you'll hear in the story, I, I saw it happen. So we're doing a few pushes. We probably killed – dude, there was most deer I've ever seen on a property. We probably killed five deer in the first couple pushes, a bunch of does. It was just, like, a big management day. Like, if it runs past you, shoot it because they're just trying to take care of the, the herd that's in within there. And you get three bucks in Virginia. So we're on one of the last sits and I'm actually sitting like right on a fence line and uh, I'm sitting there not seeing nothing. And we all have walkie talkies. And this guy's like, one of the guys are like, I just jumped up a mess of them. They're coming boys. That was like the coolest part about being in the hunting club was just the radio. And then you just get fired up and you could, you could hear them coming running from a while. <laughs> and then next thing I know, 
I felt like I was in Vietnam, man. Like, gun <laughs> bullets are flying. This dude's like, didn't even know he was that close to me. Some guy's like 60 yards from me, had no idea. I and you, were using buckshot back then because uh, slugs weren't even, were outlawed until like right before we moved. So these BBs are flying. Like, I legit hit the deck, like, jumped to my, my stomach, got my gun on the ground. Boom, 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 boom. He's shooting multiple times. I'm pretty sure he reloaded. <laughs> Another guy that's like 100 yards shoot. <laughs> I could hear him, oh, like, goodness. shoot this deer, and you could, like, this deer, like, made out a war cry. Like, it was a terrible scene for a 15-year-old. <laughs> and then next thing I know, the guy starts shooting again, and I look up, and there's, like, 15 or 20 deer running right at me. I'm laying on the ground in camp. <laughs> You're in the wrong spot for 15 deer. Dude, running and I'm, like, you. right on this fence line. So these deer, like, <laughs> these deer are, like, running up and down the fence line, like, trying to figure out if they're going to jump it or not. And then they have run right at me and like, it, it all happened so quick. And like just a bunch of them come like out of a little different part of this wood section running right at me. And all I had time to do, like this doe is going to run me over like big old doe about to run me over. I sling my gun up to my hip and just pull the trigger. And then like I fall down because I'm like 15 <laughs> using a big old 12 gauge. Like, it, it happened so quick. I didn't have my heat planted. So I hit the ground. Next thing I look up, doe's gone. There's deer, people still shooting. And- <laughs> So I'm like, I had to have hit that doe. She was like three feet in front of me. I was like, there's no way the buckshot didn't hit her. So I, I go oh to where I think goodness. she would have ran because it was just like happening so fast. Like, I don't even know what happened. And the next thing I know, I walk up in the woods a little bit, and she, I I didn't even see her until she jumps up on her back legs. I, I blew out her front legs. And she Ooh. comes like running at me, trying to like get me. So I ended up shooting her. But, yeah, that was like – the most vietnam wow. deer hunt i've ever seen it was just like yeah. it was crazy like nowadays very frowned upon that was good over 10 years ago but yeah it was insane yeah yeah <laughs> yeah gun season gun season it sounds like a gun season opener on public land in west virginia or something oh dude you go to virginia opening day you'll Ohio hear here opening day stupid easily. Mm-hmm. i've been on that's why i go to private land to hunt opening day a gun i will not go to peace public yeah and then people in virginia are just wild man it's like a outlaw state for deer hunting like i've seen a big buck at like 300 yards like giant buck we call this one buck bowwinkle and like everybody in the hunt got that deer for like 300 yards of buckshot just to hope they would hit it like i remember that buck like one guy we called him slim he's on the corner he misses five times or three times however many my dad misses like three times i'm he's the just next like person. aiming up in the air hoping you hit it yeah 100 percent, dude virginia is like running dogs is like yeah it's it's wild like i don't i wouldn't do the stuff anymore but i was young i didn't know better but yeah the, uh, the deer ends yeah. up turning right at me the giant buck and then that was another one of those buck fever stories i had my muzzleloader and shot like 10 feet over this buck because i was like i don't think i was looking down the barrel i was just like looking at his antlers <laughs> spray and pray baby yeah, yeah. i remember with my as a boy that my dad i only remember my dad ever killing two deer growing up and that was all before i killed mine and uh i remember this one buck he shot and this is terrible this is terrible but whatever <laughs> The uh, where I was like 12, 12 years old, I think we had just moved to Florida, so I was like 12 years old. And he shoots his button buck with a 12 gauge at like 50 yards. Well, of course, slugs do not fly straight for a long period of time, they usually just end up dropping pretty drastically. Yep, so I remember us tracking this buck and following blood, and again, a little button buck, and 
with like through the briars and stuff in Florida. And I remember starting to find guts hanging on the briars as we're going through the brush looking for this deer. Really? And by the time we found this buck, dude, the thing was shredded from is it the, the bullet literally had dropped and basically opened up his entire stomach because he had shot so far away from it. And I remember my dad being like, you know, dude, we got to, this buck is still alive laying here. We got to actually get, we had to literally jump on it and hold it down and finish it off yeah. for it to die. And I remember that as a kid being like, what just happened? Like, what did we just do with this deer? Like that was ridiculous. Crazy. But yeah, deer yeah, was this... different when we were kids though. Like compared to what it is now, like it's, Oh a, yeah. It's a whole different ball game. Like all that stuff was like not even weird back then. You know what I no. mean? Like all these crazy stories. That was just like the way of hunting back then. And that, that was so like, normal. Like, yeah, it's just so like thought out and methodical now, but mm-hmm. so. So if you were there yeah. for, and it was just brown, it's down. I grew up, it's brown, it's down. Yeah, that's how it was growing up. If like, you know, deer and deer season, we, my dad always had a tag, but he never really deer hunted. It was just like, if I see one, I'm shooting it, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. have a tag on me just in case, you know? Yep, exactly. <laughs> and but, Yeah, man, that's the coolest thing about deer hunting, man. Once you start getting more serious, like you guys start doing your gear and you start paying more attention in gear and honestly, your gear makes you a much better deer hunter. You can be a great deer hunter hunting on the ground or hunting in a climber, but uh, on average, your, your your best deer hunters are guys that are real methodical about it, especially like mm-hmm. they just think about it. They got the gear for it, you know? Right. right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. One thing we can talk about, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I'll just speak my thoughts. I'll probably end up doing a, a gear podcast, and I'll just have you guys back on it. I'm just going to do a little segment on that where, like, just I'll have, a, like, three, four, five people on an episode to talk, like, 10, 15, maybe. Yeah, probably 10, 15 minutes each person, and then just go over your gear. So then for, like, a whole episode, you'll be able to hear that and just see what a, a bunch of people kind of – use as their gear but one thing i want to talk about that we're both passionate about and it sounds like michael is about to start being passionate about it osseo camo man Ooh, yes. so yeah I'm tell him about tell him about what you got going on michael no oh, yes. man i'm in the middle of selling selling stuff like crazy i'm getting my hands on i'm going through stuff i haven't used in 20 years and selling it <laughs> on facebook marketplace um Every piece of gear my dad's like, yeah, you can sell that. I'm like, all right, I'm selling it. Yeah. I'm so what made you want to switch? Uh, just the just the fact that, you know, Ryan's starting to get to know them a lot better. Um, and I just like the camo pattern, to be honest with you. And me too. I was That's like, what... I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to spend, you know, extra money on it. Um, so I'm like, whatever I can sell, as long as I can sell enough to pay for it i'll do it yeah i already had a bunch of good camo so i listed the camo and man that stuff half of it i've already got half of it sold and i only listed it like three days ago so nice um, can be I already got a, yeah i already got a couple orders in from osseo coming in yeah the good thing about osseo man when it comes to like high-end like good premium camo they're basically the cheapest in the game for real yeah yeah mm-hmm. i know that's what's crazy yeah, like right. if you like, we got buddies that are Sitka guys. Like, like one of my best friends I hunt with right here around me, he's a Sitka guy. But I just don't like their pattern. And I'm, I, I remember don't either. Uh, not for not for hunting for deer hunting. No, for sure. no. And that's the thing. Osseo is built around Joe Miles. Give him a shout out. He's the one that like got it going, created it. It's just it's a natural pattern. It's a 
it's right. most of it is an owl, which owls are the silent killer, man. They're one of the best yeah. killers in the world, you know? Yeah. And he's a so, bow yeah, hunter. You guys have seen Joe's trophy wall. He knows how to kill some whitetails and he, mm-hmm. he thought about everything when he, he did that camo. And, uh, yeah, it's by far the nicest camo I've ever worn because I was just like you, Michael, or Ryan. Uh, I was the Michelin man until last <laughs> last year. I was the Michelin man, honestly. So, yeah, I was too. I'm selling all this stuff. I feel bad because all the stuff my wife got me last year for the cold weather deer hunting. I'm like selling. I'm like, I, I got Osseo coming. I'm getting rid of this stuff. Yeah, I feel like little Sam's Club major, specials. The major uh, camo brands are like geared towards like Western hunting. Yep. yep. Yeah. Like and that's really what Sika's or... guilt tour is that and duck. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. For sure. And then Osseo is built for whitetail hunters. 100%. Yeah. You can use it for everything. Like I killed my turkey in Osseo this year and it worked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We had turkeys real close, but it's a, it's a whitetail, it's a whitetail pattern. It's just made for whitetails. Like just little things like your harness. He's got the little cutout for your harness so you can wear your harness mm-hmm. under your clothes and it can slide yeah. in. They just, I, I love it, man. Ryan, uh since you've owned some of it now like what's some of your favorite features um my favorite feature for like the early season is how breathable everything is like yep. that's just on ridiculous for me wearing it out even i went out to put some well i went out to try to put some cameras up the other week or the other day and um i walked probably two miles in it and got back to the vehicle and I felt great. I wasn't sweating. I wasn't like pouring sweat at least. I was sweating a little bit. Yeah. But I really like it. I like how quiet it is. Um yep. lightweight. And then um I just think it hides really well in the woods. Like yep. you get up I was watching some of the videos that I posted of me up in the saddle and from a distance, Michael was recording from a distance. And it's just like especially if you're standing against a tree that's as wide oh, as you. Yeah. You won't see you. You won't see you. You will not see you sitting there. Yep. Um, up, against a, up against a tree, that camo second to none. Oh, yeah. 100%. And just like you're talking about the breathable, they got like the leg vents. Oh, and yeah. My that's mind like... first time, because I've never had camo had leg vents. And I remember first time I had it on, it was, it was still pretty chilly. I got mine in the winter or like towards the end of the winter. And I was like, why are my legs so cold? And then looked down and the, the zippers were open. I was like, oh. So I zipped them up oh, and like yeah. instantly warm. It like blew my mind. I like I, yeah. I messed with Joe Miles like right when it happened. I was like, this shit's wild, Joe. But <laughs> I was I was sitting in the vehicle and uh I had the AC going and I was like, why am I why do I feel like I got this cold air blowing right into my crotch? <laughs> and I looked down and realized it's all meshed right there where the crotch is at. I was like, oh that's why. <laughs> yeah. like, that's yeah. exactly why it feels cold. Yeah, but and they hey, came out just a, I don't, yeah i know and I, they just got it in they showed a shipment that just got in today so i'm really hoping the next two days or so i get my uh notification that my backpack's coming in because i really want to see that thing yep i want that backpack bad i mean i'm gonna get that before season and yeah dude it's just it's an amazing camo they're they're really good customer service they actually care like joe will actually message you i'm pretty sure he messaged you personally didn't you ron yeah yeah i've had message from him and rendell Yep, yep. Randall's a great dude. I, I need to get him on the podcast. I met him. He's a he's an absolute killer as well. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. But yeah. yeah, boys, we're going about an hour and a half. Like we can sit and talk white tails all day. We're gonna have to do this one again. Yep. But uh let's kind of get some last thoughts and where people can kind of find what you guys are doing. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um 
Yeah. Um, well, Infinite Hunt Outdoors, our, our main, uh, we like to say our main platform is on YouTube. So there's Infinite Hunt Outdoors on YouTube. And um, then we have an Instagram, um, a TikTok, and, well, we have a Facebook, but there's nothing really going on there. Um, so if you want to check it out, you can. But uh, those are things we have. And then also Michael um, has a thing on our on saddle um, hunting oh, forum there. And so, um, yeah, so just a bunch of different things going on. We have a lot of we have a lot of things in the work, but nothing like that is concrete yet. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of things in the work um, coming up. Um, duck season is about to start for the guys in Kansas pretty quick. And they're testing out some new stuff and. Hopefully uh, it'll go well with that, and then we'll be releasing some things for that um, duck season. They just got done with their bow fishing tournament um, last night and had a very much enjoyable but miserable time. And so yeah. they're recovering from that. They basically slept all day yesterday and today. Um, I talked to them like this afternoon. They had just woken up from sleeping all day. So yeah. So they're pretty whooped, but yeah, just a lot going on. Of course, you know, Texas, they're always, you know, hunting out here and there and killing boars with blocks. Yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, hey, know, one thing but... I want to shout out, I don't know if you, you want to, but uh, be a good spot because we, we have a date for our like new thing going on. I don't know if you want to shout that out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, Gavin and, and us here at Infant Hunt Outdoors, so White Tail Bloodline Infant Hunt Outdoors, um, we are going to be starting up a, a Instagram live, um, that we do every other Tuesday. And then the first night is going to be on the 22nd of August. So here in the next two weeks, uh, be 8 p.m. Eastern time. And, uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to, we'll, we'll let out a lot of things during that live. And the first live is pretty much going to be about what the, um instagram live is about and the the name of it is going to be infinite bloodline and so it's going to cover a variety of things and we'll talk more about that later but we're excited about starting that out um mm-hmm. excited to get people on that and uh, try to be a help to people and encouragement and but then also just kind of share um uh, not just our dreams but a lot of people's dreams in this area of hunting and yep. so excited about that and yep. what that'll bring. Yep, it'll be awesome. Sure. Michael, you got any last thoughts, brother? Oh, man. Uh, I'm excited for this year's coming up quick. I mean, this season is like right around the corner. Or we know we're going to be in September, but I'm just – I'm excited. I feel like this year I've met a lot of new guys. You know, even you, Gavin, it's like it's been awesome yeah. getting to know you and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and meeting Ryan, and I've only known Ryan since February, but, you know, built a great friendship and looking forward to hunting with all you guys this year. Yeah, yep. so. me too. Hopefully we all lay one down, but at least one of us. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, get a good video to. of it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. I appreciate you, boys, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I'm, I know we're going to talk every day like we have been, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody else, thank you for listening to this episode. I truly appreciate it, and gonna have to get you boys back on. Hopefully, you guys yeah. kill a booner or something. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll do a live on it. Yep. Yes. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, all right, boys. I appreciate it, man. Right. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Gavin. Yes, See sir. Boys. Thank you. Mm-hmm.